Hello everyone, I'm Lavender and I'm here with Grayson Gerlich, a previous intern at the Sanctuary for Independent Media, here to talk with me about his experience at the Sanctuary and how he's doing now. Welcome Grayson, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lavender. Um, so when and how did you first hear about the Sanctuary? I heard about the Sanctuary originally through a class that I took at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, um, just up the hill. Uh, the class was called Public Service Internship and as a part of the class, we were tasked with getting an internship in uh, some public uh, community organization within the surrounding area. And there were a lot of suggestions, a lot of environmental groups that I was interested in, but ultimately the, the deep community involvement represented by the sanctuary is what brought me there. So that's how I found out about it. And then I reached out um, and they were gracious enough to have me on as an intern. Awesome. And what drew you in? Like, why did you want to, why did you want to be involved? That's a good question. At first, I'll admit it was it was definitely the radio. Uh, I had been involved in hobby radio. You know, I'm a, I'm a like ham radio operator, right? So I've been involved in hobby radio for a long time, and the thought of being involved with kind of a more I mean it it's low power radio by commercial standards, but it's high power radio by my standards. So <laughs> being able to be involved in a high power radio organization and get involved with that on a technical level is really exciting. Um, and then obviously once I got there, realizing just how much the community was, uh, was built around this radio station and the sanctuary as a whole was really exciting. Awesome. So what did you end up doing once you joined? At first, uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of very technical radio things. I'll admit, uh, at that time, I think they were building their second studio, uh, in the basement, although I haven't been there in a little while. So I, I'll admit there might only be one studio now, but at the time it was studio number two. <laughs> Good members of that studio. <laughs> but yeah, I helped uh, I helped with the, some of the setup and the construction of that studio. Uh, I ran a lot of a lot of cabling, um, drilled a lot of holes and in tables, installed a lot of audio equipment. Um, I think I took apart that soundboard like three times to get it to work properly. <laughs> but that was kind of where I started. And then I got to do some uh, some producing of some segments, which is super exciting as well. Uh, produced a segment with some local filmmakers and got to interview uh, PhD student at Mines who was working with the Nature Lab. And after all of that, I kind of got into more uh, what I would say is the broader sanctuary mission of, of running events and being involved with community programming and things like that. That's awesome. When did you end up uh, leaving your role at the sanctuary and where did you go on after that? Let's see, I left, that's, that's actually, that's an interesting question. So I left from the sanctuary in, I, want, I think that's December of, 2018, I believe. Maybe my my dates might be a little wrong, but uh, I I left in the sanctuary and then almost immediately flew directly to France. Uh, oh wow! Um, and took a position working as a research a researcher in France. I was there for a handful of months, and then after that, I flew back to RPI, finished my degree, and uh, moved on to the PhD that I'm working on now. But yeah, it was it was definitely it was it was a jarring transition, perhaps, to go from. <laughs> Cold, cold Troy in the middle of winter directly to uh, coastal southern France um, doing much different work. But I think that the, the transition made me appreciate how much the sanctuary meant to me and how much that sort of community feeling was there. Because when I moved, obviously, to another country, I wasn't speaking the language. I wasn't you know, assimilating to a completely different community. And being able to find community organizations kind of like the sanctuary is 
is challenging, but also so rewarding when you do find one. And I, I don't know if I realized that when I started the sanctuary, um, but by the time that December rolled around, I definitely realized how much I was going to miss having that close to home. Absolutely. That's cool, though. Um, so what are you working on now? I see. You, I know you're in school. Yeah. So I'm a, a PhD student. Obviously, you can't you can't see my my background or what's what's behind me in the Zoom call and radio. But uh, I've got just books and books and books of uh, scientific journals. So these days, I'm a biophysical researcher. So my PhD is in quantitative biosciences and engineering at the Colorado School of Mines. And that's a pretty huge mouthful to say that I am a glorified biochemist. So these days, I work on proteins and uh, proteins specifically that are involved in the degradation of environmental contaminants. So trying to stay in a field that allows me to have, let's say, a meaningful impact on the community around me, but still allow me to indulge in the science, which is what brought me to school in the first place. Nice. So how would you say your time at the sanctuary influenced your life going forward and uh, your career at all? That's also a great question. I think that there's probably so many answers to that question that we could fill the next hour of airtime with that. but. <laughs> Um, I think the really the biggest one was the sense of I, I know sense of community is probably a cliche in in when people talk about the sanctuary, but when I moved back to Colorado, which is where I'm from originally, and I started looking around for an organization like the sanctuary, it turns out that there aren't a lot of organizations like the sanctuary anywhere in the US, let alone the world. And that's yeah. not to say that there aren't low power radio stations and there aren't community organizations, but something that is as deeply integrated into the, the community as the sanctuary is, is really just, that's a really special community and a really special organization to be a part of. And suddenly not having that available or, or even present in the area really drove me to be involved in organizations that I don't think I otherwise would have been. And, you know, Obviously, I'm I'm going to school at a mining and engineering school doing biochemistry research, so uh, I'm already in a small enough group of people there. But just finding ways to interact with groups or communities that don't have a lot of support and finding a way to really be an advocate for small programs or for uh, like underfunded local high schools that are trying to get into science research. I don't think any of that would have been part of my career, let alone part of even my thought process if I wouldn't have been at the sanctuary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what is what is one of the most important things you learned during your internship? I learned that on the days where Herschel the dog is at the sanctuary, those are oh. definitely the most important days to volunteer. Um, <laughs> but on a more serious note, I think that the value of feeling connected with a community, even if that community isn't isn't focused on the same things that you are, if that makes sense. I mean, Troy and RPI often feel so disconnected for students and that's really detrimental for the students as a whole because that sense of community and feeling grounded in the place where you live is important to leading a meaningful life. And regardless of who is around you, there's always something that you can do to make that connection, to make the place that you live feel more like home. And to to not wax philosophical for too long. I think that's the biggest takeaway that the sanctuary really really provided me with. Yeah, that's definitely a common theme that I've been hearing in these in these interviews is definitely, you know, the sense of community like you were saying before. And yeah, learning a lot of people skills and 
connecting and stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, being an RPI student and, and being in Troy, I, that's, that's definitely a, you know, lots of people have that experience in Troy, but it's not the experience I think of most people that live in Troy otherwise. And so I think for a lot of the students that became interns at the sanctuary, it was eye-opening in a lot of respects to realize that there was, there was a, a town outside of the college, if that makes sense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I, I certainly didn't realize that my first two years at RPI. Yeah. Um, what about uh, anything technical? You mentioned the, the the nature lab briefly, and you said you took apart the soundboard a bunch of times. So what about any like technical skills that you took with you when you left? Yeah, absolutely. I think the experience of the experience of putting together a radio studio was something that maybe I guess as an engineer, I didn't expect to be uh, as enlightening as it was, but it was bizarrely maybe my first experience with project management to a certain degree. And I wasn't even in charge of that project, but that definitely stuck with me for a long time. And just the lessons that you learn by doing something with your hands after writing it down on paper is something that bizarrely, you don't get a lot in engineering. A lot of, a lot of it is just writing it down. And if you do get to do it, you know, that's, that's really exciting. I learned, or at least I got to practice a lot of the skills that I still use in all of my hobbies today. And I didn't mention this, but I'm an imaging and instrumentation engineer originally. And the overlap between the skills that you need to build a radio studio and the skills that you need to work in a microscope are surprisingly similar. Uh, <laughs> and so when it comes to basic things like soldering and reading wiring diagrams and mm -hmm. uh, you know cable management and just all the basic things that turn an okay system into a great one really translated remarkably well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. So then finally, what is one of your favorite memories of your time there at the sanctuary, an event or just a moment that you recall? Yeah, there was, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the event, but we were having an event and I was downstairs kind of running errands for the, the video production crew while the event was going on and just getting to see the uh, actual video production in, in, uh, in progress and how that was organized and how they were switching between cameras and running this entire event was really cool. And then afterwards, getting to talk with these people about this skill that to me seemed kind of esoteric and relatively arcane, you know, like like camera four, pan left, you know, we're gonna switch to camera three, I need to, I need to zoom on, on the speaker or whatnot. And getting to talk with them and learning that that was a hobby skill that they had put together just for the pure love of public media. That, that changed my view of what a technical skill could be and what, volunteering could really do that's a really great note to leave this interview on i love that thank you so much for being here grayson and sharing all your thoughts and and experiences thank you so much for for having me lavender and this was an absolute blast